Now back to Heatwave Sports. Really exciting day. You guys want to chime in? Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Christian, Christian Wynn over on Twitter as well. HW Sports will get it done also. Let's let's get into the conversation that I said, you know, we might be having tonight. I, I thought maybe we could even lead the show off. Now, the team won. The team covered. Still conversation that we have to have. Chris, the Kansas City Chiefs are broken. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, they looked broken today. They had trouble with New England. They won the game by 10. They had Travis Kelsey flopping. Travis Kelsey was not his usual spry self. Maybe there's a woman that's, you know, destroyed him. I don't know. Speculating. Patrick Mahomes was on the sidelines, annoyed again, yelling again. Kadarius Toney, terrible game again. Andy Reid looked distraught again. This seems like it's week by week. And yeah, they won the game. Okay. But it's New England. New England's going to have like the number two pick in the league. It's New England. Bill Belichick's checked out. It's New England. Bailey Zappi's the starting quarterback. They should have went in there after what happened last week, after being annoyed. Everyone's going, oh, you know what? They're going to be annoyed. They're going to be angry. Patrick Mahomes is going to be, you know, oh, he's going to go out there and, and ball out. No, he's not. And he didn't. Kansas City is broken. In a win, you can have questions. In a win, you could not look good. The Kansas City Chiefs won the game today, and they didn't look good doing it, Chris. I feel like uh, like, I'm having uh, visions of Rick Pitino back in 1998 as the head coach of the Boston Celtics when he says, uh, Tyreek Hill is not walking through that door, folks, right? Um, Are we getting excited, Tom Barton, when it comes to uh, Rasheed Rice? And, uh, you know, Clyde uh, Edwards-Alaire when it comes to offensively for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Now, look, I get it. You know, Edwards-Alaire, season high, 101 yards from scrimmage. You know, and uh, ends up leaking the back in the end zone to bring down that high Mahomes TD pass to help them get the W in this game. By the way, what's up with what's up with these guys all diving in the end zone, Tom? Right? I mean, I don't understand. You're not diving over anybody. You're not diving to avoid somebody or, you know, or try to sneak in. I mean, it's like it's like a wide open, open air area. And guys are like jumping in the end zone. But I digress. But I digress. Um, um, look, it is look, it is a team that is broken, despite the fact they knock off a you know a three and ten New England Patriots team before that loss. Um, can we put a can we put our finger on it? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are they still one of the best teams in the AFC? They are. Right. But there's no doubt. You know, when you got your quarterback out there, you know he's he's out there with his you know left-handed throws and. He's got his arm got angles his all arm over angles the place. All over the place. No, look no look passes. He's getting down at three-point stances, Tom Barton, you know, in a single-wing formation. When he starts to resort to that kind of trickery and stuff going on like that, that's a clear indication that you're no longer, you know, the juggernaut that you used to be when it comes 
from an offensive standpoint. So, yes, they got the victory 27-17 over the Patriots in this matchup today. But uh, I think there's absolutely something that still needs to be figured out when it comes to uh, this Kansas City Chiefs team. It has nothing absolutely positively, Mr. Barton, nothing to do with Taylor Swift or any of the Swifties by any stretch. Well, it has to do with Travis Kelsey getting older. It has to do with Patrick Mahomes not having a secondary option. It has to do with all the things that we thought two years ago would bite this team. Somehow they managed to not let it bite them last year, and this year it bit them. You know, And, and one of the things that I, I believe, and I've always believed this, if you're a championship team in any sport, you have to have some sort of intimidation factor. You have to. You have to possess the fear factor. And Kansas City doesn't. Kansas City is just not a scary team. That you, you might not want to go into Arrowhead. You may not want to face Patrick Mahomes, but he's not unbeatable. And you're going, you know what? That they are finally vulnerable. As far as, as the Patriots look, the season's done. I don't really want to get overly into them. They will be six-point underdogs against the Broncos. Broncos, good bounce-back spot for them at home on Christmas Eve. But on Christmas... I'm going to ask this, and this is not to pander to you Las Vegas fans, because I don't do that, okay? <laughs> I hope that you like me. If you don't, it is what it is. This is not to pander to you. Who are the Chiefs to be 10.5-point favorites over anyone right now? Forget about the Raiders on Christmas Day, an early start, divisional game. The Raiders have extra rest coming off their 63-point performance. Who are the Chiefs to be 10.5-point favorites over anyone? Anybody right now. And I know the history of Kansas City. I get it. I get what they do to the Raiders. I get how they bludgeon. I understand it's Aiden O'Connell on the road. And I understand there might not be a Josh Jacobs. And I get the, the problems. I get it all. Who are the Chiefs to be favored by 10.5 over anybody right now? They just didn't cover the number against Bailey Zappi. They didn't cover the number against a, a non-Ramondre Stevenson-led team who's their best player, Bill Belichick, who checked out three weeks ago, the Patriots who can't put up more than 10 points. Who are the Chiefs to be favored by this? Chris, this is a complete, and they may cover, okay? I'm not not telling you, back the brink struck up for this one. It's just, this is this is strictly name recognition. Christmas Day, every, you know, public Joe out there is going to go on the Chiefs. Oh, he's going to bounce back. Yeah, here we go. Are we forgetting what the Raiders just did? I, I think it's I think it's a slap in the face to the Raiders to go out there and give them ten and a half. Yeah, I think it is problematic to say the least. That uh, in a division game like this, you're going to be talking about double digits and a hook in this game. I mean, I would suspect that uh, the rationale is that uh, the Raiders defensively, I don't, I think, uh, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Now, look, I get it. I mean, they just had two good games, which they were, uh, they played really well, right, from a defensive standpoint. And uh, it can also lend to the opponents as well, too. But to me, Tommy, you asked me flat out what I think reason for that is i think it's absolutely for the fact that offensively yes they were uh both offensively and defensively by the way obviously a defensive touchdown
touchdowns, touchdowns in that, uh, in that uh, 63 point uh, performance, uh, performance uh, Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night. But uh, I think but, uh, it's, it's I looked think at as a one. It really is, Tommy. I mean, let's be honest about it. Let's let's put our cards on the table here, Vegas style. It's looked at as a one-off. That that electrifying performance against the Chargers on Thursday night. I don't anticipate that many NFL fans, many many of Raider Nation even believe that that's something that can be duplicated, especially on the road at Arrowhead or a Geisha Field, I guess they're calling it now, where where it is a notoriously difficult place to play, and their their defense is going to be challenged, even even if there are issues with this Kansas City offense. I still think that it's going to be too much to handle for the silver and black, the guys on that side of the field in this matchup. So it was interesting how you put it, because I think you put it exactly right. It feels like there's no way to be this line. But I'm not going to be shocked in any way, shape, or form if they actually cover that number. No, and I bet you it falls under 10. And and that's when it gets to kind of that dangerous zone. But 10 and a half, the number just jumped out at me. Uh, let's go to the other team that, oh, by the way, Timmy Teaser back to 500. Tim had Kansas City off of a bounce back. And he had the Dolphins off of a bounce back. Tim didn't really have to worry too much today with that game. 30 to nothing, the Dolphins absolutely bounced back. They did it without Tyreek Hill. This was purely the statement game that they needed. They are at home, another team that does, plays really well at home. We talked about them next week at home against Dallas. Uh, you look at at what the Dolphins did today, and I'm not sure what we could take from it because the Jets are just that bad. Their defense is good. They got beaten on a couple of plays, but but the, the defense for the Jets, you know, I, I think when Zach... Wilson was kind of out of that game. It was 17 nothing. Zach Wilson kind of had them driving a little bit. He goes out of that game, whether it was a concussion, whether it was a head thing, whether it was a benching, whatever it was, I think the defense kind of checked out at that point. Uh, I still think Miami's broken. I don't think that this fixed them. Their 30 nothing win doesn't convince me. And now next week you turn around and you go, huge game in Miami. Dallas with their road wins against Miami. And we're going to see, we're going to see exactly what's going on with both of these teams. I don't feel comfortable backing either. I don't feel comfortable long-term with either. But, I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're happy you got out of there in the fashion that you did today. Head coach Michael Daniel talked about it, Tommy. He said uh, the the collapse against the the Titans last week week was really a punch to the gut. And so uh, so, uh, he expected this Dolphins team to respond. That's exactly what ended up happening. And it was much like the first matchup between these two teams. For the second time in just three weeks, Tommy, the New York Jets ended up getting on the blown out end of a matchup against Miami without Tyreek Hill, too, by the way. Obviously, you mentioned Raheem Mostert. He was big time in this game. And... Look, this Look, is a Jets is a team that, Jets uh, team that you know, uh, last yeah, week, Zach Wilson Zach throws for 300 yards against the, against the uh, Texans. Texans. And then uh, and he then, ends up uh, he leaving there in the, in the second quarter with that concussion. This is a Jets team that had 103 yards of total offense. And 
was shut. What's crazy, Tommy? What's bananas? Is yeah, they had that low offensive output. I can't believe the Jets haven't been shut out since week three of 2021. When they lost uh, at the Denver Broncos in that season, it's been that long, Tommy, that the Jets haven't been shut out. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's just it's hard to shut a team out nowadays with the new rules and the offense. You would think the Jets were shut out like five times this year. What about their city counterparts, the Giants? They drop one to the Saints. Uh, Tommy DeVito, uh, the um, you know Paisan over there, the, the the Cutlet hero. Was just under attack all day. The I mean, they cutlet. sacked him. We love it. <laughs> they sacked him and sacked him and sacked him and sacked him all day long. Uh, the Giants couldn't do anything. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints, you know, look, they're a tiebreaker away from first place. They're seven and seven. We all thought that it was kind of the Saints' division to lose. You looked at their schedule, you looked at who they're going to play. Derek Carr's been terrible. The Saints are missing Olave. They're missing Michael Thomas. Camaro is out for a point. They can still win this division, though. So you look at this team and you go, yeah, I mean, it's is it an impressive win today? All right, you beat up on Tommy DeVito, fine. But that's what you've done all year. The Saints all year have been up, beating up on bad quarterbacks, bad teams, to get their 7-7 seven and seven record. Now we're going to see what the Saints are made of. Um, they have a, a pretty tough game coming up. Like I said, on Thursday night, they got to travel to the Rams. The Giants, well, depending on where you're shopping, they're either a seven and a half or a ten and a half point underdogs. Make sure you shop around uh, against the Eagles because nobody knows what's going to happen with the Eagles. Giants season's over. Tommy DeVito's not the answer. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer with the Saints. I don't think Derek Carr's the answer, but he might be a division winner. Yeah, you mentioned Derek yeah, Carr mentioned too Derek Carr in this too. in this scenario. Right, this is a New Orleans team. What's sitting at seven and seven? And, seven. And, uh, and uh, it was absolutely justified, absolutely justified that uh, Derek Carr was uh, catching Derek a lot of flack here, especially, here. When especially when Taysom Hill was in the mix, right? Taysom Hill obviously injured, so that kind of changes the dynamic of this offense. But uh, he went out there, he threw for three touchdowns in this game, and just huge props to the the Saints defense, right? In this game, what a season high seven sacks in the silt. They were making the you know the Italian style hand gestures back at the New York Giants in this in this game, as I think the Sagan had three, three sacks in the game, and uh, and uh, and you had you know, you had, look, you know, Carr's look, performance, car's performance was, a, was was the word was that's been used. Tommy has kind of been redemptive, right? I mean, he was flat out. Uh, the Bluebirds were out in force with uh, Derek Carr because he has been struggling in recent home games, and he ends up going like 22 28 for 218, and and a big key obviously for him not. Turning the ball over, ball right? Over, You're talking about right? the most about the efficient most game, probably of the season for the Orleans Saints in this game. So, and they did it by the way without Chris Olave, who was scratched because of that ankle injury as well, too. So, you know, you get Kirkwood in the mix, you get Juwan Johnson, who has been a guy, especially because I have him in my fantasy team, Tommy, who's not afraid to have drops all over the place. And somebody told Jimmy Graham it's 2012, right? I mean, this is kind of a rebirth. Graham, Graham in New Orleans with, the, New Saints Orleans with the Saints as uh, he caught his as, third, uh, he scoring caught his third pass in, uh, pass in three in, games, uh, too. So, so uh, I mean, they're right uh, there in the mix right when you're talking mix, about the Saints. And uh, pretty, uh, pretty impressive win pretty against impressive the Giants win team. Against I believe that's one three in a row, right? So, hopefully this is a Saints team for the sake of Saints fans that's going in the right direction. 
Yeah, look, the, the the Saints, I still think Jameis Winston should be starting. That's just me. And I've I've defended Derek Carr for years, but that's just me. In the same division, the last game that we're going to talk about, Tampa Bay now leads it. They lead the division at 7-7 seven and because seven they have the tiebreaker. Baker Mayfield has looked fantastic. Baker Mayfield looks like, dare I say, a franchise quarterback. Take away his commercials and everything else. He's playing with a completely beat-up offensive line. Remember, before the year, he lost two offensive linemen in camp, late in camp. This team can't run the ball. Rashad White looks good. Evans looks good. Godwin looks good. Baker looks good. Devin White on the other side causing problems. He, you know, they they he was basically a healthy scratch. They benched him. Basically, he didn't want to play. Levante David's out. The Bucks just keep turn churning around and, and 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 not winning. They went into Green Bay and they didn't win. They spanked Green Bay. I have got to be nothing but impressed with Tampa. And here we go again. Another team, sort of like the Rams, where you know you have champions on that team. You have guys that are wearing rings. You have massive talent. I just rolled off the names. If they could somehow win this division, I'm not telling you that they're going to the Super Bowl, but they're a fearful team. They're a team nobody wants to play. You know, with that, use that old adage because they are champions and they have a lot of talent. Green Bay, I told you two weeks ago, I was buying into them. That was the death nail. I said, okay, fine. I'm finally buying in. <laughs> Not anymore. Although I haven't lost any money on them, thankfully. Uh, yeah, back-to-back losses by Baker Mayfield and Tommy DeVito. And you're officially out. Jordan Love looks terrible. The defense looks even worse. Green Bay may have, I know that they are mathematically still alive. They, they may not be alive anymore. You talked, of course, about uh, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback in Tampa Bay. You want to talk about exercising the demons, Tommy. That's exactly what happened, right? As uh, He goes to Lambeau Field and finally gets a W when the uh, calendar turns to December. Uh, Interesting with Baker, but the guy's uh, been a starting quarterback with, what, three teams in the last three seasons that played there in that stadium. Of course, he was there and threw four picks for the Browns in a 24 22 Christmas Day loss to Green Bay back in 2021. And then he was the uh, Ram starter when the Rams lost last year, uh, last December 19th, uh, 24-12, the final in that one. So despite the fact that Mayfield was on his back five times in this game today, uh, he was still successful. I mean, you're talking about a perfect pass rating of 128.3 and 22-28, and he was a – a solid performance. You love the contributions from Mike Evans, Rashad White, as well as Keith and David Moore as well, too. And then, oh, by the way, Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 155 yards. So on the other side of things, obviously, Green Bay, yeah, that's just a key flow to their playoff hopes when you lose two straight and you're now sitting at six and eight in the NFC, where you've got just that log jam of teams that are going to be looking to make a playoff run there. So, uh, uh, I don't know I don't if know I'm now, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to be, it's overreaction late Sunday, late Sunday night, right? Sunday night, I mean, right exactly. As far as, uh, Jordan, as Jordan Love and, Jordan uh, Love and, whether or not he has potential to be a franchise quarterback, but, uh, but, uh, you know, and look, he did have a couple touchdown passes in this game to obviously craft into, uh, Jaden Reed as well, too. But the Packers defense was just tough and tough, meaning like not good. That's what I'm saying. Cause they had no answers for Baker Mayfield in this game. Who uh, goes out there and throws uh, a ton of yards and four touchdown passes? Chris, um, let's talk about tomorrow night as best we can. 
And, and I will say it like that because the word is, is that Jalen Hurts is sick and we don't know if he's going to play. And I, I think that's absolutely massive. It's massive not only because, okay, well, you're going to have to go with Marcus Mariota, um, but it's also massive because of what we watch. We watched film this week that said that the team has lost faith in him. We watched film where they were making the quarterback, the star quarterback, the guy that people thought should have won the MVP last year, a guy that went, took them to the Super Bowl and really played his butt off in the Super Bowl. They were making him do fumbling drills. It's, I mean, that's a little demeaning. Maybe he needs him, but it's a little demeaning. They put that video out there. Jalen Hurts himself on his Instagram kind of put up a, a weird cryptic message. He doesn't seem too happy. The team doesn't seem too happy. Philly is kind of a mess. Their defense is all kinds of broken. I mean, their defense is just letting up huge chunk yards all over the place. So Hurts is a problem. Their running backs are banged up. The team is a mess. Uh, their defense is a mess. But they take on Seattle. And you go, okay, well, I'm going to take on Seattle. It might be Marcus Mariota. Well, it might be Drew Locke. We don't know about Geno Smith. I can't remember a primetime Monday night game ever having uncertainty. We're not even, forget about even 24 hours. Like, what, like, what are we, 16 hours? Uncertainty, like 16, 17 hours before the kickoff of both quarterbacks. Chris, I, I don't remember anything even sort of like this going on. I can't sit here and tell you that I have faith in either side. I last night my free play I gave you the over, okay as my free play. Uh, you you have to pull off of that if these quarterbacks are are out. I mean that's a, that's a no play if the quarterbacks out. I wish I would have given you Baltimore, which I kind of alluded to last night. Um, but you, you can't you can't go and and having a good conversation about this game unless we know. We I still lean Philly. I I. I even with Marcus Mariona, I still lean Philly. But that defense scares the you-know-what out of me. Drew Locke is okay. He's getting three and a half points. He's at home. All right. He's got the receivers. I mean, Jackson Smith adds to Metcalf and, and Lockett. Sure. I don't even like prop plays in this game. I mean, you want to go with Swift, but he's been banged up. Is it going to be a Gainwell game? You want to go with, with Charbonnet, but he's been banged up, and so is Kenneth Walker. I mean, there's so much uncertainty here, Chris. This might be one of the rare Monday night games where I don't have any action in any way, shape, or form on the game. Yeah, there's no question yeah, there's no that, question there, is that there, there is uncertainty, but there is uh, there's, uh, there's, no there's no uncertainty on both these teams. They're both slumping right now, right? The Seahawks, obviously, we know the story behind that. Obviously, Philadelphia, their last two losses, it's not like they've lost to the little sisters of the poor by any stretch of the imagination, but it has been a rough couple of weeks. Now, Nick Sirianni, you know, in fairness to him, he's kind of saying all the right things, right? Talking about how they're not hitting the panic button yet as far as, you know, we've got to do everything. He does, you know, own it as far as saying they didn't play well and they didn't coach good. When it came to the last couple of weeks, so I understand that uh, there's probably a, a perception that Philadelphia needs to circle the wagons a bit here. And look, I think it could be good for them that they're they're going to be in kind of a dogfight with the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to this division. So when it comes to Seattle, I mean. I mean, this is a team that's lost team four that's straight lost for the first time in Pete Carroll's tenure. I mean, think about that. The guy's been there forever, right? And, and, right? and they haven't lost four they straight, haven't lost until four straight now. until now. And uh, they've and, gone from kind of like a team that was, like a team that was uh, right there uh, right in the mix there. when it came to the, the NFC playoff, playoff conversations, conversations now. 
on the outside looking in is what I talked about, obviously, with the Green Bay Packers, where you're, you know, going to have to find to find a way to kind of push your way back into contention. So, both these teams look at it like there's a lot at stake in this matchup. So, that would be key. Now, look, when you talk about personnel, obviously, if Chandler Hurts has some kind of illness, then that's going to be a major factor when it comes to people going to the window, right, Tommy? And betting this football game. So, uh, you know, that kind of like all bets are off, no pun intended, right? When we don't know what the personnel situation is going to be. But I would tend to agree with you. I think I would lean towards Philadelphia in this game because I think, you know, especially from from an offensive standpoint, I think they can weather the storm. If Jalen Hurts isn't able to go, but this is a Seattle team that has been as Jekyll and Hyde as probably any team in the NFL all season long. And I don't expect that to change the whole tomorrow night against the Eagles. Yeah, and you know, look, I mean, if you want to break down the backups, people know Marcus Mariota's name, but Drew Locke is no slouch. Like, you know, I feel okay with Drew Locke stepping in there. I don't feel like I'm completely out of this thing if Drew Locke has to go and I'm a Seattle backer. So, yeah, it's up in the air for me. I, I would love to give you guys a better analysis. I just think it's one of those games where I can't do it today. I, I can't give you that great analysis today. We could probably <laughs> probably might not even be able to do it about two hours before the game, not until we really do know. All right, Chris, let's take our time out. When we get back, we are going to talk playoff scenario because it gets wild and wooly in a hurry when you're starting to talk about teams, the scenarios, what's going on, three weeks to go, and we have no idea. So I want to get your take on it. Who do you think is going to make it? We'll take a look at some schedules. We'll break it all down right after this, right here on Heatwave Sports. Heatwave Sports. Here's Tom Barton. Here in Heatwave Sports, Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Chris Wynn here with me. Uh, last half hour, we're going to, I told you, I've been teasing it all now. We're going to talk about the playoff picture. It gets real muddled, so I'll try to go through it here. Okay, we'll start with the AFC. Number one seed, Baltimore Ravens. They're 11-3. and three. Um, They are the number one seed right now. They have the Niners at the Niners, Dolphins, and Steelers. So it's not, it's not a shoe in there. Miami's number two. They are 10 and four. Uh, if they win out, they can clinch home field and a bye. But again, real tough schedule. Cowboys at home, Ravens on the road, Bills at home. Brutal schedule. Miami could go anywhere from one, number one seed and home field advantage throughout to missing the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's really the reality of the Miami Dolphins the next three games. Kansas City, I told you that they were broken. Um, they can still clinch the number one overall seed. They have the Raiders and Bengals at home, and then they visit the Chargers. They're nine and five. That is something to pay attention to. They also have wins over Miami and Jacksonville. Jacksonville, after the loss, they've lost three in a row. They've lost four of six. They are reeling right now, um, but they do hold the tiebreakers. They beat the Texans and they beat the Colts. And, you know, they swept Indy. So they have at Bucks next week, Panthers at home at the Titans. Titans aren't going to be a threat for the division. doesn't seem like it. Panthers are, are the Panthers uh, and then the Bucks. So the Jacksonville Jaguars hold the tiebreakers. 
you know, they they probably have the lead here. We'll talk about it, though. Cleveland, they won two in a row. They're 9-5. and five. They have at the Texans, home against the Jets, at the Bengals. Make of that what you will. The Bengals are okay. Jake Browning feels okay there. 8-6. and six. They are wild card number two. But they do have tough games coming up. Okay? They do have victories over the Colts and the Bills, so that could help. But at the Steelers, at the Chiefs versus the Browns, brutal, brutal schedule for Cincinnati coming up. Indianapolis, wild card three. This was big that they beat Pittsburgh because now all of a sudden they get the tiebreaker, okay? They might be getting Jonathan Taylor back as well. The remaining schedule at the Falcons, home against the Raiders, home against the Texans. Speaking of the Texans, right now they're out of the playoffs at 8-6. and six, Right now. But they have the Browns and Titans at home and then the Colts. The Bills are right now out of the playoffs. But they're red hot. They get the Chargers in Los Angeles, Patriots at home, Dolphins maybe to win the division. They're out of the playoffs today. They can win the division. Steelers out of the playoffs as well. Um, they have head-to-head losses to Houston and Indy. It's going to be an issue for them. Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens, both on the road. Denver out of the playoffs as well. They're also 4-5 and five in AFC teams. They're behind Pittsburgh. They're going to have to win out and get help. They have the Patriots and Chargers at home, then they go to the Raiders. That's the AFC. For my money, and then I'll let Chris jump in here. For my money... I still believe Baltimore gets the number one seed. I believe Miami's going to take the tumble. I think Buffalo wins this division. I think Miami loses one of the two against the Cowboys and Ravens, and they lose against Buffalo in the final week. Kansas City looks like they're going in, and they'll be fine. I think Jacksonville does hold on. Bucks, Panthers, Titans, they win two of those three, maybe all three. I'm putting Cleveland in. Cleveland's at 9-5. and five. I think they have to win one uh, but they certainly can win two. At Texans, at Bengals, no layups. Jets at home. I think they win one to get to 10, and they might win two. That leaves the Bengals, Colts, and Texans. I, you know, I just think that the Bengals' schedule is going to come back to bite them. I, I think they could beat the Steelers, and then Chiefs-Browns is... That Browns Week 18 game could be an absolute classic game to see who gets the last spot. It really can. And if C.J. Stroud returns, you got to like the Texans. Home against the Browns, home against the Titans, and then the at the Colts. We could have a Week 18, guys, in the AFC, where the Bills and the Dolphins are playing for the division. The Colts and the Texans are playing for a playoff spot, maybe the division. And the Bengals and Browns are playing for a playoff spot. It's going to be real interesting coming down the pike here. I I don't think that Houston, Indy, Cincinnati, Cleveland, even Jacksonville are a threat to to go deep in here. But Buffalo is. Baltimore is. You still got to count Miami and KC, even though I think they're kind of on the outside looking in. And I, for me, Pittsburgh and Denver are pretty much done. It is intriguing it without is question intriguing as you take question. a look at the look AFC, at particularly as it's jumbled throughout uh, the, middle the middle of this conference, this right? Conference, no question, right? No question that, uh, that uh, you, when you got teams, uh, obviously the Jaguars, obviously the Jaguars are, you know, leading the AFC South at eight and six in that division. And then you, then you, then you take a look at the NFC, excuse me, the AFC North. And 
And I mean, the Bengals are I mean, really Bengals up are against really it, up right? Because the Bengals are eight and six. I mean, you like some of the things that Browning's been able to do, you know, replacing Joe Burrow at quarterback position. But this is a team that's, what, 0-4 in the division? And in the conference, the three and six. I mean, the Bengals would be eight and six. I guess they're beating all these NFC teams, right? Because from a record standpoint, they are absolutely between a rock and a hard place when it comes to the division and when it comes to the conference as far as their record's concerned. But uh, uh, but, look, uh, you look, want to talk about jumbled? I mean, what eight I mean, and six teams from you know from Jacksonville, which is the number you know as you know as, essentially you know, is, is the uh, division uh, leader, obviously in the AFC South. They're eight and six, but you've got uh, you know the six, seven, eight, nine. Nine team in the, uh, in the uh, AFC, AFC all sitting at eight and six, and then you got the Steelers and the Broncos sitting at seven and seven in the you know right kind of you know just on the outside looking in. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You brought up obviously the schedules, the Dolphins. I would absolutely positively, Tom Barton, concur with you that I think Buffalo is going to pass Miami, and so the Dolphins are going to be right now. Right now they're sitting at four and one in the division and ten and. Four on, four on the season yet i think they're going to be yeah, you know be, a wild card you know, a wild in the playoffs card. which uh we'll which, see how uh, mike, we'll see uh, how mike uh, mcdaniel uh, and that group handle that kind of situation that kind of but situation. uh yeah it's going to be it's yeah, going to be uh interesting to see exactly uh the colts are kind of a wild card team for me not just uh you know what the reality is but as far as like you know my view of them i just i don't know i mean i know i mean again another team i'm surprised that is sitting two games over 500 500. To be completely honest, completely with, you, honest with you, when I think about the Indianapolis about Colts, the Indianapolis that's, a Colts surprise. that's a surprise. And, uh, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned on, the show, earlier on the show, Houston's kind of, you know, the, kind of, you know, the pleasant surprise pleasant in the NFL, surprise this, in the NFL year. this year. And, uh, and uh, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, we'll what see their what injury what situation, their situation is. But, yeah, I mean, those teams there in the middle. And I think Buffalo's the most poised. To take a jump take up a into jump, the division leaders when it comes to the AFC East, the East. and uh, therefore and, uh, bucking therefore Miami, Miami down into the quagmire that is the teams that are a couple games over 500. Who scares you? I mean, to me, it's Baltimore and Buffalo. Nobody else scares me. Kansas City doesn't. Miami doesn't. Uh, none of those those teams with backup quarterbacks do. I'm looking at this and I'm going, it's Baltimore, it's Buffalo. And it's everyone else. And Buffalo doesn't even have a playoff spot. If Buffalo somehow stumbles here, I, I mean, is Baltimore just waltzing to to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think Baltimore yeah, I think is Baltimore just is solidified in that spot right that there. Spot right See, there. Buffalo's interesting, Buffalo's though, Tommy, because let's, let's bounce this around a little bit. Look, I mean, they, look, I mean make, they, no mistake, they, make no mistake. Offensively, you love, uh, love you know, some uh, of the you know, dynamic, dynamic stuff they've been able to do, and, do and, and uh, they kind of show, they've shown out lately. But defensively, they got really interesting when it comes to personnel. I mean, you talk about Michael Hyde talking about – uh, you know, the defensive uh, lineman whose name escapes me, who's out. They really do have injury issues defensively. So I'm not necessarily all in when it comes to all things Buffalo. But yeah, they to me are one of the more intriguing teams when it comes to the AFC without question. But no, the Browns don't scare you, right? Right. The Bengals certainly, the Bengals don't, scare certainly don't scare you. Um, um, and you know, and, I, I, you know just I, I just don't. I don't look. I don't, and the look, Colts don't either. Colts don't either. So, so um, um, yeah, I think it's Buffalo, yeah, think it's Buffalo and then you're taking a look at the likes of, uh, of, uh, of the Ravens and the Dolphins and the Dolphins and 
and uh, and, and uh, kind of going from there, right? From there, uh, right? I mean, the Jaguars, uh, yeah, the Jaguars, yes, the division yes, right now, right now, uh, tied uh, record-wise, tied by the way, with Indianapolis and Houston. And Houston, but. But all three of those teams, I don't really, I don't think scare anybody. So, um, and then of course you go out out west and you've got, you know, Kansas City is there and we already, you and I already kind of, uh, elaborated on our views regarding the Chiefs and, uh, and some of the issues they have. So, um, um, I mean, could Denver maybe take a, I mean, could Denver find themselves in the mix here? I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, didn't look too good, uh, against the Lions last night or excuse me on Saturday night, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to, you know, that the definition of a team scaring me, the only one that does really is Buffalo. That's not, that's not a division lead right now. Let's go to the NFC playoff picture where it gets real muddled here. San Francisco's number one. Okay. Uh, 11 wins, uh, basically they would have to really stumble here. They get the Ravens and Rams at home and at Washington. They're going to win that Washington game, um, you know, and then they basically got to just win against the Ravens or Rams to seal it up, and they might not even need that. Philly, look, a lot depends on what happens tomorrow night. Seahawks tomorrow night. Then they have the Giants twice and the Cardinals. Philly has it in their hand. They can still get the number one overall seed because their schedule is a joke. It's an absolute joke. The Giants twice and Cardinals. Uh, Lions, your Lions look bad at times. They looked real good last week. They can't go on the road, and they have to go on the road against the Vikings, the Cowboys, and then the Vikings again. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, they, they'll win the North, but I don't see them getting any higher with it, that schedule in front of them. Uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay. They are the South leaders, okay? Um, Atlanta lost, so that helped out. New Orleans is still 7 and 7, but right now tiebreakers have Tampa Bay. They have the Jaguars and Saints at home and then the Panthers. Look, that Saints Bucks game after Christmas on, on New Year's or New Year's Eve, that game is going to basically decide this division. Dallas, they're not done. At the Dolphins is a tough one. Then they get the Lions and then they finish off against the Commanders. They're not done. I mean, they can still get the number 1 seed. I don't think they do, but they can. Minnesota is somehow the wild card number two. The Cincinnati loss did nothing. It didn't hurt them. It didn't hurt them at all. If they won, it would have been great. It didn't hurt them at all. They are 6-3 and three in conference games, so that helps them. They have the Lions and Packers at home and then the Lions on the road. Everything's in front of Minnesota here. The Rams, same sort of thing. The Rams are, are right now wild card number three. They are right now in the playoffs. They get the Saints at home. The Giants on the road, and then the Niners, which could be a meaningless game for the Niners. The Saints out of the playoffs. Forget about the wild card. They want the division here, right? That's what they want. At the Rams, at the Bucks, Falcons, not an easy road. Seahawks, we know uh, what's going on, right? We don't know about Geno Smith, but we know tomorrow night the Eagles. If they beat the Eagles, suddenly Seattle 7-7 seven and, seven and things are different. After that, they play the Titans, maybe without Will Levis. They play the Steelers, maybe with Mason Rudolph. And then they play the Cardinals. It's not over for Seattle. Seattle's got the schedule. If they win tomorrow night, Seattle's probably a playoff team. Atlanta, I said that they were done. Look, they they, they can still climb into this thing. Colts at Bears at Saints. Going to have to win probably out. You know, they're going to have to win out. And Green Bay, to me, same thing. They're going to have to win out. At the Panthers, all right, that could get you to 7-8. and eight. At the Vikings, divisional game, that'll be tough. At the Bears, even if they win out, they'll be 9-8. and eight. They lose a lot of tiebreakers. I don't think Green Bay or Atlanta get into this thing. I don't think that the Saints are dead, but it's going to be one team from that division. For me, 
It's between who who gets in. Is it the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Vikings? It's going to be two teams out of Seahawks, Rams, and Vikings. Uh, everything to me depends on what Seattle does tomorrow night. If Seattle beats the Eagles, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to the playoffs. If not, I think that that they're out. I think it, 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 to me, tomorrow night is a playoff game for the Seahawks. Yeah, so as you guys yeah, so pointed you, out, when it comes to the NFC, the you've NFC, got this plethora of 500 teams in, in the conference, obviously, conference sitting at 7-7. Seven and, seven. and then if the, if the uh, Seahawks are able to win tomorrow night, there'll be another 7-7 seven and seven team. Obviously, when you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, the cream of the crop in the NFC right now, 5-0 and in the division. Their conference record is by far the best in the conference, obviously, at 9-1. and So they're sitting there at the top. It's going to be fun to see kind of the jousting that is this Dallas Cowboys-Philadelphia Eagles battle, right? As Philly is sitting at 10-3 and right now, and you've got Dallas sitting at 10-4. Another team that's uh, interesting too is going to be the Vikings. Now, look, Vikings, Tommy, look, Tommy uh, you know, uh, obviously you know, myself, obviously a Detroit myself, Lions fan, well aware of this. We play the Vikings play twice out of the last three weeks. One game, obviously, Minnesota won in Detroit. So the Minnesota Vikings, in a way, are going to control their own destiny when it comes to either the division or, you know, being one of the top wildcard teams. If they find a way to knock off the and Lions in one or two of these games, and that means they'll games, have, that means they'll have uh, at least uh, a 9-8 uh, uh, record, nine right? But if they lose a couple of these games, they're done. So, so um, um, yeah, again, it's going to be yeah, fun again, to see how this all shakes out. Obviously, when you're talking about the Saints, the Saints are right there with Tampa Bay in the division. And so, and so it looks like it could be one like of those, right, when uh, right the NFC West, West, remember they had like a team that was under 500, I believe, about, what, five, six, seven years ago? Um, I mean, it's possible that a team from the from the NFC South could have a losing record, but that would mean that, I guess, the other team that's seven and seven right now, whether, of course, we're talking about New Orleans or Tampa Bay, one of those teams is going to have to fall off a little bit. So, um um, the Rams don't really scare me. Really I don't really know. Uh, uh, obviously, we were talking about the division. San Francisco is, is going to be the division there. So, so the, Rams so the Rams might be uh, might on the outside be, uh, looking outside in because of uh, just too many uh, other teams up there that uh, are going to have at least a nine and eight record, probably ten and seven. So, yeah, we'll see how that all goes down. But the Seahawks have to win. They have to win. Because the Seahawks have to find a way to get themselves into this 7-7 and group so that they can have, you know, at least a viable chance when it comes to the final three games of the season. Chris, we got less than 10 minutes to go. I want to just tell you, we could have awesome first-round matchups. I want your response to this. Look, obviously we could have Philadelphia-Dallas in the first round, which would be awesome. Okay? Game number three, that's cool. We could have Buffalo-Miami, which would be the week after Buffalo-Miami. That could be very cool as well. Buffalo-Kansas City. Uh, look, Josh Allen owns Mahomes. Mahomes with the false start or, or you know, lining up off sides, all that. That would be drama. But there's two other scenarios that I don't think people are talking about. I want your reaction on it. One of them involves your team. How about Jared Goff against the Rams and Joe Flacco against the Ravens. How about those for some playoff first-round scenarios? Give me your thoughts on, on 
if those two want, you know kind of match up and go head to head. Well, let's let's well, face let's, it. Let's face we love storylines, story right? When it comes to the NFL playoffs, NFL playoffs, and those are two that you that, that you, you tossed that you out there that, out there that uh, are, are intriguing as all get out, right? Get without, out, without, right? Without, without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, uh, so uh, I, I look I, I, as I, someone who I, you know is a uh, fan uh, of the Honolulu Blue and Silver and the Detroit Lions. Um, I'd be a little wary, a little wary of the Rams, obviously, Rams, because obviously, Matthew Stafford, as sometimes, you know, the guy can, you know, can, the sun even shines on a dog's ass, ass some days, right, is, is, is the saying. And so, uh, so uh, that would make me a little bit nervous going up against him and uh, some and, of those uh, weapons some there weapons in, there in, in Los, Los Angeles, the Rams. But that being said, look, I'm telling you right now, Tommy, as all of us, all Detroit Lions fans who have yet to have a playoff win since 1991. Tommy, I think you were like just a young buck at that time. I was in college at the time. 1991, last time that we won a playoff game. So, you know, Lions fan and Detroit sports fan there in that city and in the great state of Michigan are basically thinking, hey, we need to get to the playoffs and get a win. That's, I mean, that's like that's, that's priority number one. Now, look, would we like to have a scenario in which the Detroit Lions somehow, some way, in some way, shape, or form, was able to get to Vegas and get to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, they would. But I think but, anybody that's taking a look at it from a realistic standpoint, standpoint, I don't think I Detroit, don't think this is going to be their year. But I do but think I they do can think get a win because they're going to be playing, you know, most you likely, likely for all intents and purposes, purposes, they're going to be playing a home game, you know, in their first matchup in the playoffs. So that's a big advantage for Detroit, especially for that team because of how well that they can play, I will say, at Ford Field. There's been some stinkers this year as well, but I would take my chances with them when they're playing at home in the playoffs. So get a win. That would be great. That would be great. And then looking at the rest of the scenario, look, at Philadelphia, we just talked about how in the AFC, the Dolphins, right? Right. Could, could get could, uh, could jumped get, by, the uh, Buffalo jump Bills. by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's uh, going to be a dogfight in, in, in the NFC East, man. I mean, when it comes to the Cowboys, to and, the Cowboys and the Eagles, especially now when you're talking about in week 14, you've got your star quarterback dealing with an illness. And when things like this can creep up, I don't know. I'm not necessarily all in in the camp of the Philadelphia Eagles are, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered to win the NFC East. I don't think that's necessarily the case, despite the fact that, you know, obviously Dallas Cowboys look horrible tonight. But that being said, it's going to be a lot of fun to see exactly how things shake out, particularly in the NFC East. And, uh, which, and one uh, these, which one of these, uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, average teams in the NFC, NFC end up making the playoffs. playoffs? Of course, I'm of course, talking about the likes of the Los Angeles Rams, Rams and the and Minnesota Vikings, Vikings and the New Orleans, and the New Orleans Saints. Well, Chris, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, we are, this is our last broadcast um, that is going to be in 2024 or 2023. Next time we'll talk to you, 2024. We're getting the Christmas break off and then New Year. So it winds winds up on the weekends this year. So this is our last broadcast. So next time we come back, it'll be the 6th. And uh, the playoff scenario, it, it'll be done, right? I mean, 99.9%. We're going to know what's going on. 
We're going to know a lot about uh, everything that happened in in baseball. The UNLV season will be back up and rolling. So I hope you guys do stick with us. I wanted to say to everybody, make sure that that Tim wanted me to tell everybody from him, uh, make sure that everybody has a happy holidays and a happy new year. I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody out there and a happy new year. Uh, Chris, I wish you and your family the best. Same thing with Tim, Damon, working the board, all the board ops, Lotus, everybody that does everything at Lotus for us, and especially you guys, the fans. I have a personal relationship with a lot of you fans out there, and it, it is something that really is just amazing. And you, you talk about getting into the holiday spirit and into the Christmas spirit, and what do you guys, you know, really do appreciate? And without getting overly sappy on a sports show, uh, you know, late at night after midnight on it, you know, on a Sunday night. Um, it really does. It, it it fills my heart during the holiday season. I have you guys, and you guys have taken me in and Tim in the way that you have. Chris, fantastic show. I love working with you, my man. And uh, I, I have to tell you, look, there's a lot that's going to go on over the next two weeks. I know that everyone's going to be involved with family. I know that everything's going to ha- be going on with, with New Year's and Christmas. Uh, but the next two weeks of Sports Week is going to be fantastic. In the next two weeks that we're going to be off, it, it stinks because I want to scream and yell and talk. If you guys want to get in touch with me, make sure you go to Twitter at Tom Barton Sports. Hit me up at Tom Barton Sports over uh, anywhere, over on YouTube. You can hit me up uh, over on Facebook. You hit me up at Tom Barton Sports at gmail.com if you want to email me. And guys, go check out TomBartonSports.com. Here's what I'm going to do for all the listeners tonight. If you sign up today, I'm going to give you right through the Super Bowl. So normally I give 30 days, you know, and it's generally considered the best deal in the business. 30 days for every play. That's every sport, every level. Hockey play tomorrow. I got five football games today. Uh, bas- college basketball yesterday, bowl games, everything. You get everything. And usually I give 30 days at TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton Sports, I'm going to give you, if you sign up today and you tell me that you're listening, I'm going to give you right through the Super Bowl, including the Super Bowl. So you're going to get every single thing. Some guys... They charge what I charge per month just for the Super Bowl. That's it. You're going to get every single thing that I give out from now until the Super Bowl is over and we crown a Super Bowl winner at TomBartonSports.com. Go jump on board, guys. Chris, thank you very much. Damon, thank you very much to the fans. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a good night. Everything I wanna